Welcome to episode five, season four of the I'm Still Standing podcast. We have with us Evangelist to the Nations, Jennifer Wild today as a guest. She'll be sharing her testimony with us, how she went from being an actress in Hollywood to getting saved and serving as an evangelist to many nations. Now, decades later, planning the world's largest gospel campaign. The meetings will be held in person and via broadcast in 54 African nations simultaneously with the leadership of Africa's local pastors and international partners such as Marian Asamoa Anim, Daniel Kalenda, and Heidi Baker. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you should know by now that I love books, like love, love. Growing up, my mom had to force me to stop reading because I would get so lost in the stories, I wouldn't want to do anything else. I am beyond ecstatic to share that I have partnered with Audible.com to give my U.S. listeners a 30-day free trial. This trial gives you access to thousands of audiobooks. I was so surprised to see one of my favorite books, The Cost of Discipleship, by theologian and martyr Diedrich Bonhoeffer available. It's a classic that teaches us that following Jesus has a cost. And for Bonhoeffer, that cost was his life as he led Christians in the fight against the Nazi regime. As a busy mom, I love audiobooks because I can keep up my passion for reading while I cook, work, or relax at home in the backyard. You'll also be helping to continue this ministry because with every free trial, I get a small commission. Imagine, you can help this ministry and it costs you nothing. For your trial, go to audibletrial.com slash I'm still standing. I'll also include the link in the description box. Jennifer Wilde has been an author and evangelist for 37 years, preaching the gospel in countries such as Mexico, India, and throughout Africa. In 1998, she founded Wild for Jesus Ministries and is now working full-time with One God, One Day, One Africa as president and founder. Welcome. Hi, Jim. How are you? Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm honored, and it's a blessing to be here so much. Thank you so much. I have a little bit of a fun question. Um, this okay. is pre-recorded, but during this time of the recording, we are in, I guess, what we call kind of um, so self-isolation, right? Because of, <laughs> yes, yes, COVID-19. What is one thing that has surprised you that you enjoy doing during the season of isolation or distancing? Well, boy, there's a lot of things, actually, to be honest. Um, all the busyness of life is just gone. All of a sudden it's gone. It's taken away. You don't have to rush here and rush there. And me personally, I have that kind of personality that I just go, 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 never stop. So for me, it's take it down. It's with family. My daughter has joined me here in this isolation time. So I get to spend a lot of time with her. Uh, the main thing is the quality time with God. I mean, we have so much more time to pray, to read the word, to, to talk with people on the phone, our friends, and to do things like this over the phone about God, with God. It's, just, it's a time to grow close. And I, I think there's a reason for all of this. I mean, I, I truly believe, I know that God has allowed this 
he didn't do it, but he has allowed it because we've strayed so far away from him. He wants us to come back and he's coming back so soon. And I think that this is the time he wants us to turn to him and remember putting him first, remembering what's important and it's God and family. Um, I watched a video on your testimony and I was like, wow, how did I, I can't believe I've never heard of you until I received an email. Like, it's so interesting. <laughs> no, really, really interesting testimony. I was like, God is amazing. Every time I hear a testimony, it's like the newest one tops the other one. I'm like, it's just wonderful what God can do. Do you mind sharing a little bit about how you got saved and how God, you know, just... Sure. Changed your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's God is amazing. There's he's he's I mean, there's no words to describe what happened in my life was he's given me a great testimony, a, a great testimony. I, I have to admit, you know, and he's used it. It was it was my, my past was was horrible. I have to say it was I was so bad and so lost and so miserable, suicidal <clears throat> when I was younger. I came from a, um, a really wealthy family and my mother was so busy. They were divorced, so I, was uh, I didn't have a father, but she was so busy, she was never there and I went crazy, I went wild. And back then it was in the 70s, I'm old, <laughs> really old. She was an atheist and I had never set foot in church or synagogue, she was actually Jewish. So I come from a, she, a, a Jewish mother and a, 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 a father um, who wasn't. But I had never set foot in church or synagogue or mosque or anything, no religion whatsoever. Didn't know about God. She didn't even believe in God. So I really didn't know anything about him. And this was, you know, in the, in the 70s, back in the 70s. And uh, um, I, so I wanted to there was always something missing. I mean, it's a cliche and you hear it, but there's a hole in your heart until you know God and you're trying to fill it with the things of the world, with money or fame or power or sex or drugs or rock and roll or you name it, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You know, even it, it even could be work or or things that you think are okay, but if, but you're trying to fill that hole that only God can fill. And so I decided I want to be uh, an actress and I, I became a model in New York and I was in New York and Paris and LA and, and, and then I became an actress and, and, you know, I had everything that the world had to offer back then. I mean, everything. I had all the money you could ever want. I was flying on Learjet's. I had, I was friends with all the most famous people in the world, dating the biggest movie stars in the world. I had everything that the world thinks is what they want, but I was miserable. I was miserable inside. I was so sad. I didn't know why. And I kept trying to fill that with, like I said, drugs and sex and, and power and fame and money and all of that. And the more I got, the worse it was. And um, when I was 25 years old, I was at, I'll, I'll never forget it. I was at a big Hollywood party. And at that time, my very best friend was married to the biggest movie star in the world. He'd won the Academy Award that year. And he came, I was leaving the party and I'd been drinking and doing drugs, the whole thing. Everybody was. It was really bad. And I'm sure it still is. I'm sure it's probably. Anyway, 
so I was leaving the party and the, her husband came out and he didn't know God. He was a, he was actually a heroin addict. And uh, he said, uh, here, Jennifer, maybe, maybe this will do you some good. And he threw something at me and it was a little piece of paper. It was a trap. I had never seen that before. And he, I knew he was being sarcastic and, and he knew it was something about God. Um, and I said, very funny, Ray. And I picked it up, put it in my pocket, went home. Next morning, I woke up and I pulled it out of my pocket and I started looking at it. I'll never forget. It was written by David Wilkerson. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he was a, he, he, the cross and the switchblade and all that kind of stuff back there. And he, 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 um, he wrote this little pamphlet that said, the two of me, the struggle with sin. And it had two faces of a, of a cute guy on the front. And it, that caught my attention back then. And I opened it up and I started reading it. And it talked about heaven and hell and God and Jesus and, and eternity and your soul. And I've never heard really any of this before. But it said, you know, you, everyone has sinned. Nobody is perfect. Well, I knew... I knew I had sin. That's why I opened it up because it said the two of me, the struggle with sin. And the thing was, I knew I had sin, but I had no idea what it was, none. So that caught my attention. Also, I opened it and read, you know, about all of these things. And it said that your soul is going to live forever. You, the real you is going to live forever and ever and ever in eternity. And the question is, where? And it said, there's only two places. There's heaven and there's hell. In heaven, it's perfect. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. There's no sickness, no disease, no suffering, no crying. It's beautiful and wonderful. You're with God for eternity, happy and healthy and with friends and family that know him. And so, and the other, on the other hand, you could go to hell, which was burning in the lake of fire for eternity with Satan and his and his, his demons, and it was wicked and evil and all the bad things in the world you would be with forever. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I had never heard this. It was, I didn't know if I believed it, but I thought to myself, I'm going to be honest here and tell you, I wasn't sure about this because I had never heard it. And I thought, you know what, what if this is true? What if it is true? And it's my choice where I'm going to spend eternity. And I'm either going to go to heaven or hell. And I thought, I don't want to go to hell. I, what if all these millions and millions of Christians, people out there, I didn't even know what Christians were, but if they were out there believing in this, and, and I, I said, I don't want to go to hell no matter what. And it said, all you have to do is be sorry, repent for your sins. And I thought, well, yeah, all the bad stuff I've done. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't want to do bad things, but I do, you know, um, and it said, all you have to do is be sorry for those things, repent, try and turn away from those things and follow Jesus and believe that Jesus Christ, God's son died on the cross for my sins, for the sins of the whole world, once and for all, he took that burden. He took all those Amen. things and, and believe it. And I thought, wow. Okay. And say this little prayer and invite him into your heart. And I thought, what do I have to lose? I have nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. And I did that. I said that little prayer right there and then. And boy, I tell you, God 
God came in like a flood and he changed my heart that day. And he changed me and everything I had been so selfish and so self, uh, self-absorbed and everything, it all, the whole world revolved around me back then. And now, I, like I said, I was 25. And at that minute, God gave me this love and this joy and this peace for everyone. And all I wanted was everyone to feel this. I knew that it was the truth. I just knew that I was on my way to heaven after all of this. And, and he, he just started changing my life. I was in Hollywood at that time, like I say, and it took me a while to get out of there, but he did. It took me a while to get off the drugs. It was an immediate thing. One, I have stories about that. There was some immediate deliverance with the Holy Spirit and things like that. But uh, I have a million stories, but anyway. He, That's amazing. He is so good and he completely changed my life and turned it around. And because I, all I wanted to do was to get people saved. That's all I cared about was everyone to go to heaven. I didn't want anyone, even my worst enemy to go to hell. I didn't want anyone to go to hell. So all I did was start talking about God everywhere I went. I I even remember, I mean, I can tell you funny stories about this, you know, really funny stories. One comes to mind. I was on a movie set with Dick Donner, who did, uh, he was a big director, but he was, who was the guy in, um, uh, in, in Saturday Night Live? What was his name? The, the really famous, um, <laughs> he's doing a movie anyway. Yeah, I I think one of the guys in Saturday Night Live, big famous guy. And I was on that set and all I could do is talk about Jesus. And everyone was like, uh-uh stopped and listened and everyone around and I was talking to Dick Donner because he was a friend of mine about Jesus and everyone was listening and then this guy was there and he he was making fun of me and I said do you know Jesus in the front of everyone in the middle of Hollywood back then nobody wanted to hear the name of God or Jesus at all and it was so amazing it was it was great and someone came up after thank you for doing that but you know i just talk 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 everywhere i went about jesus wow god is so good that's incredible incredible and that brings you here to what you're doing now um you are organizing a massive multi-country conference called one god one day one africa and it's set to be the largest what i read set to be the largest gospel campaign in africa in the world in the world wow Oh my goodness. Nothing's ever been done like this. And, and, you know, it came about because I gave my everything to God. I said, everything is yours. My whole life, all my money, all everything I've ever had, my fame, my fortune, my my, power, the whole, I give it all to you, God. I surrender. I just lay it down before you. And that's the key, surrendering everything to him. And at that time, when I was 25, right after I got saved, he gave me a vision, this, this vision where I saw multitudes of people as far as the eye could see, as far as the oceans were getting saved all at once, raising their hands and receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And back then, that was impossible. We did not have cell phones back then. We had a phone on the wall. 
There was no cell phones. <laughs> there was no internet. TV was so expensive. You couldn't do, there was no way to do anything like that. There was no way to get the word out like that. But you know what? I believed God. I believed him because I didn't know any better. I had never been in church. I just believed him. If, if God made the universe, if he knows every hair on my head, yes, of course, if he is who everyone says he is, he can do that. He can, he, he can have multitudes, multi, multi-millions come to him, be saved, delivered, healed, set free, <laughs> filled with the spirit at one time. And so I, I believed it and I just hid it in my heart and started praying about it. And then, you know, started doing things for the Lord for, you know, 30, 35 years until he finally said, now is the time, Jennifer, I want you to, to do to do what I called you to do. And he the vision so many years ago, like 38 years before. Wow. How did you know it wasn't time yet? And what's like, what sparked it? Um, you starting the planning now? Um, I just heard from him. I just knew I had, well, I went on the mission field. I became a missionary. I was out of the mission field. So that's why I don't have the background of most people. I didn't do I didn't go to churches and preach and go talk and go to conferences. I didn't know anyone. I didn't watch TV. We didn't have TV in Mexico. I just went to be a, a missionary in Mexico for 10 years. And I raised my children. I had two girls, raised them out on the mission field alone out there for um, where there were no other Americans. It was just nobody spoke English. It was, it was for 10 years. And, uh, but God really, really used it. He gave me all kinds of ministries. It was the best time of my life. It was wonderful. A jail ministry, a movie ministry, all kinds of, of food and clothes and everything ministry. You name it, I've done it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, I came back because my girl, one of my daughters graduated and at high school and the other one um, wanted to come back to America to go to high school. So I came back and then I said, God, what do you want me to do? Well, I'm, I'm here, what do I do now? You know, I was, she was in high school and it was the funniest thing because right after I prayed that, I got a call from Charisma out of the blue or an email and they said, do you know of anyone who has a book? We're looking for a book, we're looking for books. And I had written a book years before about my life and then put it away before I even went on the mission field. And I said, well, yeah, I, I have a book that I wrote years ago, but I didn't know, I never did anything with it. And they said, can you um, send us about 80 pages of that? And I said, sure, I'm going to have to rewrite it because God's done a lot in the last 10 years since I wrote that book and put it away. Well, anyway, um, they loved it. And I ended up uh, writing this book um, back then. And uh and it was called uh, From Life in the Hollywood Fast Lane to the Untouchables of India, Chasing Fame and Finding God. He said, I want you to go and, and do, you know, evangelistic work to crusades. Back then we called them. We're not supposed to say that crusades anymore. <laughs> we say miracle outreaches or, you know, festivals. or. Oh, like, really? I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to say crusades anymore. So anyway, so we, that's what we started doing. Went to India, did big cruise uh, festivals over there. And, you know, God just led me on this journey. And, and, and finally, um, a few years ago, he just said very clearly, now is the time 
to do the vision, to put the vision. And I, I, I didn't know anyone. I mean, I really didn't know how to do that. I don't have that kind of background. I didn't know anything, really. I still don't. <laughs> I was reading about it and I was like, wow, like you're partnered with people like Mayan Asamoa Anim, Daniel Kalenda, Heidi Baker. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. It's amazing because personally, I'm nobody. I, I don't know anything. I don't know anyone. I didn't know anyone. And it's God. It's all God. He just put these pieces all together. And how he did it, I mean, I could tell you stories about every single person and how they came about, but I'll just tell you, when he said, go and do this, I said, well, I just don't know. And uh, uh, someone from the ministry out in Mexico, when I said, I, I want to go uh, to Africa, he said, I know someone who's working in Africa. Um, you need to get a hold of this person. And that person happened to be on the board of, of Reinhard Bonnke's uh, CFAN, Christ for All Nations. Oh. Yes. And so, and, and, and so he became my mentor. His name is Dana Mori, and he has um, uh, a light to the nations is his uh, ministry. And, uh, you know, and, and then, so, so I became involved with Reinhardt. I had never even knew who Reinhardt was, but then I read all his books and he became my hero, earthly hero. How I looked up to Reinhardt. Oh, I wanted to be like, you know, I just thought, wow, some for someone what he has done and Heidi too Heidi Baker and 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 so you know um I just put the word out and someone said through the grapevine have you heard of Siegfried Tomaszewski he was uh he was Reinhard Bonnke's CEO in Africa and Europe for like 30 years for a long long time and he's not with him he's doing his own thing in North Africa maybe you should contact him and I said okay so I called, I got the number, I called Siegfried, and he actually hung up on me. <laughs> he tells the story because here's this crazy girl, he gets calls like that forever, all the time, from people saying I had a vision from God, and you know, he told me to do this, and, and I called him back and I said, did you hang up on me? And he goes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And I said, why? And he said, because I, 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 I get these things. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's huge. It's monumental. Covering the entire continent of Africa with the, with the gospel. And he goes, I'll pray about it. Okay, I'll pray about it. Well, he did. And God spoke to him. So, yeah, he's the one who is, is doing everything. He's the brains of the... The, the stamina and uh, he, I, I, I pray every day, give me the strength of Samson. He really does. And he knows everyone in Africa and works with, has been with CFAN all those years. So has all the connections. I truly don't believe anyone in the world would be equipped to do something like this, except Samson. He yes. just puts everything together. Yes. It's he incredible. Does. Yes. It took like 35 years so that, you know, I won't, if I had said, oh, I want it now, you know, now, why God, why, what, why isn't this happening? What, you know, five years, 10 years, 15, 20, 25, 30, you know, it took a long time, but it's all in his timing. And when he does it, then it's better than anything you could ever ask or imagine. I was reading the event website and I love what it says because obviously things have been delayed because of um, this virus. I've had to 
cancel or postpone our women's retreat as well. Um, it said on the website, postponed for an even bigger harvest. And Amen. <laughs> honestly, and that's the same way I even feel about the event we're hosting. It's nothing, not nothing near what you guys are doing. It's a tiny little thing. Okay. But I really believe that that tagline is very 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 true that after this oh wow a revival is on its way what are your thoughts about what's going on in the world right now and what's to come i i truly believe what you just said amen jim a revival is on its way there's no question god is waking up a church that has been lukewarm we have been lukewarm and we have strayed away from god this country and really around the world. He, he, it is time for us to be putting God first, family first, it, through this time. Uh, the word, to be studying the word, knowing the word, praying, praying, praying. That's the most important thing, really. It really is. Uh, and, you know, he's going to use this for his glory. He's allowed this virus. Yes, it's the enemy. The enemy wants to take us all down. We know that. But God is going to use this for his glory, and it's all in his timing. And like you said, it's going to be, it is going to be an even bigger harvest than we could ever ask or imagine because of this. We work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, all things, even the virus. Um, it's terrible that we have to lose lives, but people die every day of drug over. There's, I, I heard last night, there's more drug overdoses in the, in the United States. And this virus has killed or probably even will kill every year. I don't know. And, you know, so we need to be thinking about where we've come as a country, why we're so addicted to all these horrible things. And it's because we've kicked God out. God has no place in our country. He's not, we can't pray in school. We've taken God out. I mean, that that's what it's all about. That's the thing. When repenting is one thing, but obedience and surrender, that's really you know, the next step, because you really can't repent without obedience. That's right. That's right. And people say, you know, they're so, they say, well, I'm trying, I'm trying. And I just want to be encouraging to people who are trying. Okay. So you were, you know, a drug addict or a sex addict or an alcohol addict or whatever, lying or cheating or stealing or pride. It could be anything, you know, whatever it is. But when, when you repent, you tell God, okay, I don't want to do that anymore. You, you're going to fall. No one, I mean, people are people, until we get to heaven, no one's going to be perfect. So we're going to fall. But the thing is, you pick yourself up again and say, I'm sorry, God. I did it again. I didn't want to, but I'm forgive me. And you move on every single day. You ask for forgiveness. We sin every single day. The big Billy Graham, Mother Teresa, people sin, whether it's a sin of omission or commission, nobody's perfect. And, and in God's eyes, we're all the same. We are all the same. He loves each one of us so much that he would have gone to that cross and died and suffered for each one individually. If you'd been the only person in the whole world, he would have gone to that cross and suffered and died for you. And that's our God. And that's why I that's why I serve him because I love him because like it's a, like because he first loved me. He loved me enough to go to that cross. So 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, through this time, um, I'm just learning even more about him and his grace and his mercy and his compassion. He's such a compassionate God and he's giving us an opportunity to choose him. Yes. He chose us, as you said. He's giving us an opportunity to choose him. Amen. And That's I'm praying exactly that right. people, you know, that people will choose him. That they will decide to choose him and keep choosing him every single day because it's a daily, <laughs> it's a daily thing. It's absolutely. Um, what advice would you give someone that is hesitant or downright scared to do what God has asked them to do? So like... There's so many people who struggle with obedience. Of course, it's easy to be obedient when it's not hard. Right. But when God asks you to do something challenging, like, you know, like what you've been asked to do by him, it's, it's so scary. It can be scary. So what is your encouragement for folks that might be hesitant or just really afraid um, to do that? I would say that it's all about faith. What the whole thing boils down to is faith and trust. And so, you know, I'll give you a, I'll just give you a little story about that. I had been preaching these big, with thousands and thousands and thousands of people crusades. But the church I, when I first got saved, I was going to a Bible-believing church. They, there were no miracles. People did not lay hands on. It wasn't a Pentecostal church. They weren't speaking in tongues. None of this. There was none of the power of the Holy Spirit. They believed it but it wasn't acted on in the church. Uh, that's okay, there's churches for every kind of person. God knows that, that's why there's all kinds. But anyway, um, so I, when I first started preaching and doing outreaches, um, I was just preaching the, the gospel, getting people saved. That, that was what I did. I was an evangelist, getting them saved. Well, once I uh, started, um, 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 doing that. And I got this mentor I was telling you about, Dana Mori. He said, I was on my way back to India or Africa. I don't remember where. And he said, well, Jennifer, he goes, you are, you're praying for healing, aren't you? And I'm like, uh, no. And he's like, why not? And I'm like, I'm not a healer. I don't have that gift. I don't know anything about it. I've never even seen it. I don't know anything. I wasn't raised in the church. I've never, I don't know anything about it. That's that's not what God called me to do. He goes, well, you are called. Everyone is. And you need to get out there and step out in faith and start praying for people. And I'm like, oh, you know, and to tell you the truth, Jim, I was scared out of my, I'm so scared to do that. Because what if no one got, I mean, come on. What if not one person gets healed? You're, there's thousands and thousands. You're going to pray for healing. What if not one gets healed? You'll look like an idiot. I was like, you know, I mean, I'm just being honest. So I struggled with that for so long. But you know what? The next time I went out there, I just bit the bullet and said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be obedient. Put that, push those fears aside. Just push it aside. Step out in faith and do it. What God is calling me. And I believe he called me to do that through Dana, you know, spoke to me. And, and so I prayed and believe it or not, people got healed of all kinds of things, right and left, blind, the blind saw the deaf. I had never seen this kind of thing. I didn't even know it was real. You don't see that much of it in America, but in Africa, oh my goodness. 
And it's because of faith, because people haven't gone to church and haven't been taught, oh, that's not for now. Or, you know, maybe God will heal you. Maybe he will. They believe as a little child. And if you tell them God is here, the Holy Spirit's here. He wants to heal you right now. He is here to heal you. He loves you. And whatever it is, whether it's cancer or, or you can't walk or anything, we serve a big God. He can do it. It's nothing to him. So let's raise your hand if you need, want God to heal you. Every hand in the place goes up. If you have anxiety or depression or you're on drugs or you're an alcoholic, anything like that, if you struggle with anything or if you're physically or emotionally sick or any of that stuff, and believe it or not. So that was a story, you know, where fear, I was, I was so fearful, but I stepped out. I just forced myself to do it and God answered. I'll tell you another real quick story. Even before that happened, before I had met Dana and I was doing a crusade in, in India, thousands and thousands of people. And I, like I said, never prayed for the sick or anything. And so afterwards, everyone was praying for the sick, all the pastors and everyone there. And people were coming up. And one of the pastors brought a, a, a girl up onto the stage. And he said, she, is, she has a, de uh, a demon. She's, she, she's, uh, she's possessed. And I was like, I had never dealt with that. I had never seen anyone. Knew nothing about it. Nothing. And, and I, he goes, can you pray for her? Well, Jim, I had no idea what to say, what to do. Nothing but all, so all I did was put my hand out and say, in Jesus' name, and as God is my witness, that, that woman flew back across the stage, like 20 feet, flew back, and the demon was gone. Wow. By the name of Jesus, that's it. That's one thing I really believe that um, as believers in North America and this part of the world, um, the power of God it, I, there is something strange that happened over the years. The power of God has been so diminished. Yes. So diminished that, you know, I, I really believe after this, we're going to see just a resurgence of believers really understanding and taking hold of that power. I, I completely believe your story and can see, you know, because it's not us. It's not us at That's all. Right. It has nothing to do with us. I have That's a very right. similar story. Um, the Lord had a friend of mine, God, God is calling me to do a whole bunch of things that I have no idea about. Um, right. And someone had come over and they were, you know, had a spirit, um, a demonic spirit. And me and my mom prayed for them. How did we end up in, you know, with this demon coming out and all this stuff happening? But it was a very simple prayer and the power of God. The Holy Spirit just took over. That's right. You That's know, right. We didn't have to do anything special. That's right. It's it just faith. happened. Stepping out in faith, being obedient, doing. He said, you will do these things and greater things. I'm going to be with the Father. You're going to do all these things. Heal the sick, raise the dead. For all these things that he was doing, you were, you were supposed to be doing. And when, when, we, when we talk uh, to people and have our miracle outreaches, you know, I always make sure and say, don't look at me. I have nothing to do with this. It's not me. The Holy Spirit is doing all of this. And I want you to know that every, I, we're going to pray for healing, but I want you to do it. You need to step out in faith. Put your hand on your neighbor. How many of you need healing for something? Every hand in the place goes up for something. 
put your hand on that neighbor, whoever you see, and you start praying for them right now. You pray, and mm -hmm. I'll pray too. We'll all, all just pray, and God's going to move. The Holy Spirit's going to move right now, and he does. And they see that they can do it. It's not about, do you have the gift of, yes, there are gifts. Yes, there are. I'm not negating that, but I'm saying God will use you in whatever circumstance he calls you to do. If he's calling you to pray for someone right then, and pray for healing yes he will he can take over and heal that person it's not about you it's not about me not about anyone on stage anywhere you see it's just about the holy spirit and jesus christ and he's the one who does it all exactly and i think i really i'm so excited about what's happening in that there's a whole new just revelation of the power of God and just the power of the Holy Spirit. It's exciting because yeah. it has, when we get that revelation that it's not us, it becomes so much less scary because it has nothing to do with us. So that's right. That's right. We just let go and let God just let him do it. But you got to step out in faith. You got to, you got to just step out. Don't let the enemy put that fear in your mind just say you know what no i'm 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 gonna believe god and i'm just gonna do what he tells me to do it doesn't matter what you look like how you look if people think you look stupid it doesn't matter anything it only matters what he thinks about you and so you know praise god that we have a god like that that he he will do it he will take over and and He's going to be doing the one healing and delivering and setting people free. He's the one who does the salvation. It's all from him. Everything comes from Jesus. So we just have to step out and praise God. He allows us. And thank God he's calling you, Jem, to do a lot of different things right now. Do it, whatever it is. Step out in faith. Take that first step. Just take the first step. And that's the thing. Don't think too far ahead. You said, what other advice? If he calls you. Don't think, oh, that's too big. I could never do that. You know what? Start small. Take baby steps and move forward. And day by day, don't even think about the next day or the next week or the year. You know, just say, what can I do today, God? And, and the more that you see that he is faithful and that he takes over, when you take those baby steps, the more, um, the more trust you're going to have in him and the more faith for that next week. And then that next year, God will do this. And then you can think the big stuff later on. But, you know, that's that's just my advice. I mean, it's very true because God is a God of stewardship as well. Right. It's just yes. as we do things, we trust him and he trusts us. Yes, that's <laughs> and right. it's, it's wonderful. I say to him every day, thank you for trusting me to do this every single day. And I, oh, thank you for trusting me, God. And I trust you. He knows I trust him with everything, the world. I mean, everything, the universe, the eternity. <laughs> it's been so wonderful talking to you. Um, <laughs> it's, it's been such a blessing. I'm so excited about what, what God is doing with you and with this ministry. I love that you have the African uh, map behind you, <laughs> the map of Africa <laughs> behind you. If we wanna know more about you and more about the conference, about, the, it's so huge, I don't think it's a conference. Let me just you tell you just real, can I tell you real quick what it is? What it is, it's called One God, One Day, One Africa. And what we're going to be doing, we were going to do it in May, but now we've postponed it until November, God willing. <laughs> uh, and we're covering every single country in Africa. There's 54 countries with the gospel. So 
different churches, evangelists, pastors, or ministries adopt a country, then they raise the money for that country. They're going to go over and have a three to five day miracle festival in that country. But on the, uh, in the second weekend of November now. So there's going to be these live outreaches simultaneously in every country. Now in each one, uh, the pastor, um, whoever the evangelist is, will be on live stream TV, radio, going into that country. So say it's Ethiopia. They go in, it'll be covering Ethiopia for the three to five days the, 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 during the service time that they're having these miracle festivals. On the last day, um, in about four places across Africa, we're going to be, Heidi will be speaking and some, whoever is, is speaking um, in these places for about 15 minutes a piece. Um, that'll be going the entire continent, live streaming the entire continent of Africa, different languages. It's a huge monumental undertaking. And that's, and that's why we call it one God, one day, one Africa. Because on that last day, the word's going to be going out to the entire continent, not just one country, 54 countries simultaneously. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. Incredible. And how do we know more? What's the website? How do we get involved? Okay. Yes. Um, it's called One God, One Day, One Africa. So just go to www.1gdagodayafrica.org. One gda.org. And you can sign up. And we want everyone, please, to start praying for this. Praying that the entire continent will be saved, healed, hear about Jesus. Every person from the smallest villages to the biggest cities across Africa, that Africa is going to turn into a completely Christian continent, the whole thing, that they're going to get saved and healed and delivered and set free, filled with the Spirit in, in November. Yes, please be praying. And you can sign up and we still have some places open to adopt a country, which is very important. We still have a few slots open. And with this, now we have more time. So if you are a minister or an evangelist or a church uh, or ministry, and you would like to adopt a country, please get in touch with us. And uh, our CEO, Siegfried Tomaszewski, will get in touch with you and tell you all the details. And and what it entails and all of that. So, yeah. There is a great Facebook page. The Facebook page is really well run. Um, one God, One Day, One Africa. So, yes. yeah, yes. if someone looks that up, they'll find everything, I think. I think you're right. Absolutely. Yes, the Facebook page. Yes, absolutely. So please well, go to that and please start praying, everyone. And before we go, can, can we just make sure that everyone who's watching this or listening has a chance Oh, I love that. Yes. Okay. Let's, let's just do So I'm just speaking to everyone. If you've never given your life to the Lord, if you've never surrendered your life to him, or maybe you have, and you haven't been following and want to rededicate your life to him, let's just pray right now. It's so simple. It's so easy. God knows your heart. And if we can all just pray together right now, just repeat out loud. He says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, that means out loud, that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It doesn't matter if you've never set foot in church before, if you've never read your Bible, you can be saved right now where you are, 
online, on TV, on the podcast, radio, whatever you're listening, however you're hearing this. And God loves you. He loves you and he wants you saved. So let's all pray, please, right now, especially during this time. Let's just pray out loud. Dear God, I believe in my heart that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins and for the sins of the whole world. I am sorry for my sins. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I give my life to you. I surrender my life to you. I rededicate my life to you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you that I will be in heaven for eternity because I trust you. Thank you for forgiving me. I pray in Jesus' precious name, my Lord and Savior. Amen.